Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 394 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix of Fire, otherwise known as Colin Ford. I'm the Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our, uh, as usual, Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ed Levice, otherwise known as Ben Mosswoodwood. Why is Psychic's one so much bigger than mine? Well, I mean, that I'm sure every man feels that way at some point. Um, right, right. Okay, this is this is off to a good start. That was the the voice of our um, staff liaison officer, Commander Psychit. Hi. Hello. Uh, and um, unfortunately, Commander Shan is not going to be with us tonight. Um, we are our thoughts are with him as uh, he's going through quite a traumatic family time at the moment so uh, uh, hopefully he'll be back with us um, when the, this unpleasantness has passed uh, and uh, to fill in for this we have our I don't know what our, your title should be Chief Chauffeur I thought uh, it was a uh, stunt driver or something wasn't he um, Chauffeur okay, Lave Radio Chauffeur Commander Alec Turner. Good evening, everyone. At least Ben's Good got one. Good evening. Say. <laughs> but Ben's not, not. Ben's might not be as big as Psychics, but at least he's got one. Yeah. Um, I'll or, take that. I will take. It's that. not the size that matters. It's what you do with it that counts, and, right? And my mine does taste very nice. So does mine. Yeah, yours, yours is a bit fizzier. Always. Mine's a little bit more exciting. What can I say? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think yours is, is it more exciting. Um, I, I would far prefer mine. Mine's just, you know, it's just, it's small and dark and strong. It's based, good... off, of, it's based off something that's got eight, eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> um... It's cracking, <laughs> isn't it? Cracking. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> 
We ask the question: Are you actually? Do you realise this is going out? Yes. <laughs> this this is on your radio right now. That's you are need. listening to this, and you can't unhear it. <laughs> so, if you wish, you can join us live. Although, my God, with such stimulating conversation, um, we are hanging out in game. I know that <laughs> Chris Mark Four is trying to get back to leave. I'm trying to get back to leave. Um, we we're an open. We'll see you there. Um, if you can't get to us in game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through latevideo.com slash live. Click on the live chat, or go straight to twitch.tv slash radio or look us up on YouTube, or look us up on Facebook and Twitter. We do not have Twitch drops. We'll just point that out. This is a Twitch drop free zone. <laughs> So let's quickly go around the crew, see how they're up, how they've been doing this this week. Um, so we'll we'll start with bad news, Ben. So yeah, no, basically no change in my situation apart from I am getting increasingly more frustrated with scan computers from Bolton in the UK. Really? Um, oh. Yeah, that they're the guys who I basically bought ninety nine percent of my components for my PC from, and they're the guys who said, you know, well, if you return your motherboard to us, we'll have somebody have a look at it, and then we'll we'll get back to you within forty eight hours, and if there's a smeg up, we'll replace it. You know, it's all under warranty, etc. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this sounds great. That's fine, apart from the fact it's been three weeks now. And for any update, I've had to chase them. Oh dear! And the whole reason I I, I went I bought things from Scan in the past is because they're meant to have a very very good customer service and very good repair things. Mm-hmm. I do not consider having to chase up to find out that they've even received my motherboard, and it's not sitting in some warehouse in the middle of who knows where. Surely. Or or delivered to the wrong address, seeing as DPD can't actually pick up from the right address. Hmm. You know, I, I assume certain updates to to actually happen, and I assume if they say we're going to get back to you within 48 hours, for them to get back to me within 48 hours, and not for me to, to have to chase them up, let alone chase them up about a chasing up about a chasing up. And I'm still waiting for them to actually get back to me, which will hopefully happen tomorrow. Excellent. So if anybody from Scan's listening, pull your fucking socks up! Apart from that, I love you guys. You've been told. Yeah. (laughs) I've been told a lot. Um, Right, what else? Um, Psychit, how's your week been? It's been been full of game showcases and um, PR packages and really cool stuff that um, that deliveries and things that actually work within the um, the industry. It was it was also um, it was also National Gin Day on Saturday, and I wasn't aware of it on Saturday, but I'm making up for it in the subsequent days. Uh, for you, it's National Gin Week. Yeah, well, I've, and let's make it let's make an event of it. Um, but yeah, there's been there's been so many cool reveals and new things and new games and stuff that have come out over like Summer Games Fest and all of those mad things that um, oh, it's a good time to be a fan of space games. It really is. Um, 
in game i've just been doing a lot of missions and um no no when you when you say missions shouldn't it begin with a, another m word well like i mean you can't, you can't have witnesses colin if you, you do just a lot just a lot of murders I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't have witnesses. So there's been a lot of murders um, interspersed with um, fancy new Jurassic Park keyboards and Starfield merch. You know, you know, quick brag. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been a really fun week. But lots of um, lots of cool cool space games and stuff news that I'm very excited about. Yeah, we'll probably talk about some of that stuff in the uh, uh, other news section right at the very end because I know that I I saw a few things and I went, oh, that looks a bit good. Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it later. Um, right, <laughs> Commander Alec Turner, hmm. what have you been up to since the last time we've seen you? Apart from the main thing, <laughs> yeah, apart from the main thing, <laughs> nothing. Don't know what I've done. I um. Uh, on our roof, so it was a nice £120 repair job to have someone come round and put the tile back. And Ooh. it very rapidly turned into a £2,500 let's take the whole roof off because there's no batons underneath it and all your ridge tiles are falling off. So, it, yeah, it's funny how that happens. Oh, your pointing's a bit off, and then before yeah. you know it, your entire roof needs to be replaced. Yeah, I absolutely hate dealing with tradesmen, partly because you just don't know if they're telling you the truth or not. So you, they sort of say, it'll, this needs changing and it's going to cost £2,000 and you basically have to bend over and go, okay, I, <laughs> I have no option but to trust you now. You've taken my roof off. Here, have the contents of my wallet. Yeah. It's, that is, it is a horrible thing to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, to, say. to be fair, I did send them up and ask them to take photos and it did look like there was lots of things wrong and it does look nice now and they were very quick they did it all in a day although i have to say two and a half thousand pounds for a day's work i wish i was in that line of work myself it seems very profitable <laughs> mm, yeah um i think they probably jump at it when you get it i mean i we had the same problem when we had to cut one of our trees down and yeah. ask one guy to have a look at taking a couple of branches off and then went actually that tree's about to go you better take it down it's the least fun amount of money I've ever spent, I think. I did buy a new TV the week before. That was much more fun. But... Well, uh, at least you'll be able to watch something decent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at least you've got a roof over your head now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. Like My old TV was, um, gosh, it was like over 15 years old. So you get a new TV and then you immediately have to re-watch every single brilliant film that you can think of. You know, It's like, what should I watch first? <laughs> yeah. I always end up reverting back to Robocop for some reason. Yeah. Although for, for some reason I have, that's now been replaced by Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd seems to be my or just Dredd, actually. Um that seems to have replaced uh Robocop as my need for ultra violent um shoot 'em up type films. Got no idea why. Funny enough, we did all the we've we've been working through all the Jurassic movies because I went to see Jurassic Dominion today. It's jolly good. Oh. Oh right, okay. Well, you every review I've seen so far has, has, has slated it. But well, okay. You know. Let me qualify that. If you like dinosaur movies, which basically yes. means they're going to be full of dinosaurs and they're going to be full of jeopardy and and a nonsense plot, then it delivers in spades. I mean, it's got all the jeopardies you could want. It's got dinosaurs in tunnels, dinosaurs in the water, burning dinosaurs falling out of the sky. 
It's got I, every dinosaur, so it what's not yeah, like. I think I thought I, I thought, oh yeah, I still want to see it, and then they sort of said to me, "Dinosaurs with lasers," and I thought that's that's like Doctor Evil, you know, with sharks with lasers. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit nonsense, but um, I don't know. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, well, can I ask you a quick question, actually, about yeah. Jurassic World? Go on. Uh, you know, everybody from everybody from the original movies seems to be back, but I want to Oh, yeah, know, it's got that as well. It's got the reunion of the old and the new, which is quite well, fun. Are Lexi and Tim back? Because let's face it, they are the MVP from JW1. Or Jurassic uh, Park 1, I should say. No, I don't think they are, actually. The kids aren't back. You know, no. we don't know more I, I know Unix and things. No. Oh, there, is a, there is a sort of... Nedry too, although he's, he, it's only a bit part, but you immediately think... They, I have they, to admit, yeah. Dennis Nedry, despite being a twat, was my hero. Yeah. You know, he, he is such a role model for any developer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> who, who can forget the little animated uh-uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anything that gets Samuel L. Jackson to swear at you is sort of, you know... Mm. If you've written a computer program that makes Samuel L. Jackson swear at you, then respect. <laughs> Not that it takes yeah. a lot to make Samuel L. Jackson swear. Yeah. That's my week, basically. And and as we'll come on to later, I've been driving around a planet and up a big mountain as well. But we'll touch on that later. Yeah, looking forward to that, actually. Um, yeah, let's have a look at what I've been doing. Um, I've been getting on my um, my power play commander up to scratch, helping out the Emperor, of course. Uh, I haven't done any exploration this time. But however, I have been driving around the Thargoid wrecks down in Marope and helping out Professor Palin a lot, which we'll probably touch on uh, in the news. Uh, so thanks to everybody who was keeping me company while I was doing that. It was... Uh... <laughs> uh, I think... And um, one thing in Odyssey, I've noticed that the Thargoids have got a new jump animation, which I thought was quite interesting. So when they jump away, it looks as if they the, the actually rip open the fabric of time, uh, space-time and jump through this hole and then and the, it just swallows it up again. It's different to how it was before. I thought it was a really cool effect. But um, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's been my week, apart from the fact that we've now got to deal with rats near where the uh, the rabbit is, which is unpleasant. Uh, and uh, oh, the passport office actually gave us a, my son's passport. Yay! It's a miracle. So yeah, that's that's me. I'm afraid. So I guess um, moving on from there, we have. Um, uh, we have uh, the development news about what's been happening this week. Well, it's actually been quite... Um, <laughs> it's actually been quite a packed one, especially on Friday. We had, uh, obviously, the release on the 7th or for Update 12, and then we got a, a whole load of bug reports, which were quite actually quite serious. There was the... Um, the not being able to land anacondas, that wasn't fun. Um, we also had... Uh, well, uh, what other ones were there? Well, there's everyone's hair falling off. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. How can you miss that? Who can forget that? <laughs> Who can forget the fact that, um, as, as Sally would say, um, Arf had something to do with it, did he? 
he was um, inflicting his follicle um, challenges upon the rest of the upon the rest of the galaxy. I believe that was something on the lines of what she said. <laughs> NB, Sally's back. Exactly. That's next on the list. But um, yeah, even Arth just sort of gave, I th- I, on Twitter, gave Sally what can only be described as the Paddington hard stare. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone so, else? I, I, I'm always constantly amazed by how intertangled bits of Elite Dangerous Code seems to be. I mean, what yeah. on earth did they touch that made everyone's eyebrows fall off? You couldn't you couldn't make it up. It's ridiculous. <coughs> yeah, because there was that, and there was the fact that um, all the portraits all disappeared from um, uh, the mission boards. It, it looked as if everybody had been moved an entire frame to the right. You know, when you've gone and selected uh, yeah. yeah. the wrong yeah. bit on your photographs. And then when they f- when they fixed the hair, uh-huh. um, then when you typed in, um, when you were typing in the galaxy map like a hip system, oh, yeah. HIP, it brought up the pause menu. So how is that related to where the hair is placed? <laughs> I know that that was that one was bananas. They were up till ten o'clock on Friday night uh, to release a hot patch, and that was the tenth of June, where. Um, uh, that was fixed. So for the weekend, at least, uh, we've had um, update 12.1 with reasonably stable, I must admit. Um, I haven't had a single crash at all, Touchwood. And the most pleasant thing about this is that my frame rate has stayed up at 55 to its maximum of 60 everywhere. So I've been to places where the frame rate would absolutely crash and nothing, you know, down to about five or six frames, uh, uh, five or six frames, and now it, it's it's spot on, silky smooth, and that's still while I'm streaming, because normally that would kill it as well. Um, Psychic. Yeah, good for you. I'm great. It's great. I'm so pleased for you. That must be great. Um, y- yesterday I had, I think, four crashes during the Ooh. space of my stream. Um, so there were four four crashes throughout the stream. Um, and bless, I woke up this morning to having having Sally in my DMs. It was a beautiful moment. Um, just saying, did you did you log it? Did you do the log thing every time? Did you send the report? Because we'll tap into that and try and figure out what it was. Knock on wood, haven't had it today. I am having frame rate issues in places that I wasn't having the frame rate issues before. Oh, so. Well, like I know people were having I, I know like the birds said that they were really struggling on landing on planets entirely, but I hadn't really noticed a huge amount of that. I've noticed it super tank when I come out of the um come out of the lift at the platform j- before I get into my ship and it drops both my my in-game um FPS and my OBS drops down to, um, I've seen it hit like 20 frames per second um, on that, that it wasn't doing before. So um, that I'm concerned about. That's not where it's been crashing, though. Crashing is when it gets to a settlement. Um, So I I don't... I don't know, and it's not just the covert mission things. If it was covert mission things, it was like, okay, well, that's something we're already aware of. But it was just like any settlement that, well, not any settlement, but random settlements that had missions, if I landed up there, it would do the, oh, suddenly everything's gone quiet and then it crashes kind of thing. So, um, 
with a proper oh it's encountered an error do you want to send the report and all of that nonsense um but it didn't do that today so what 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 changed overnight no one's got a clue no that, that, that's all, that is the problem with this thing sometimes it's how it talks to the server and if the server's not playing ball that's it you're screwed um the one question I do have to ask: There isn't is is this existing issue where um, the game will crash if you do a covert mission? Is that still in, happening at the moment? Well, I've done covert missions, so I assume so, that that's not the case anymore. Yeah, because there was an issue where people were trying to steal things from settlements, and as soon as they tried to steal something from a settlement, bang, crashed it. Crashed, that was definitely that was definitely the case on Friday. For mm-hmm. sure, that might have been something when they were saying that um, when they put um, in the patch notes saying that it would have been fixed. Yeah, um, it that that's kind of stopped for me, and it just became random on the Monday. But oh, right uh, today, it's been fine. Fingers well, crossed. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, just keep keep the fingers crossed for the moment, uh, Ben. Yeah, I wish I'd been having random crashes to desktop and, you know, oh, maybe I'm dropping out or crashing when I can't go and do things. I've not even been able to play the bloody game. Yeah, well, that's not really the game's fault, though. Yeah, still, I want to moan yeah. about it. It is like we've been watching the Grand Tour. I've been catching up with the Grand Tour with um, with my son, and uh, we just got past the episode where he crashed that. Um, um, well, Richard Hammond crashed that fantastic electric car. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that burnt for five days after he crashed it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like complaining, uh, I can't drive anymore because I've got no car. <laughs> yeah, and? <laughs> you know, all I'm hearing is wine, wine, moan, wine, wine. And I can't <laughs> even play the fucking thing. Yeah, well, you, you but know. But it's not my. It's not whining, then. What's that you just did? At least we've got five frames per second. Ben hasn't got any. <laughs> exactly. He hasn't, any he hasn't had any frames for weeks. Why <laughs> your computer though did it? I bet you it was something like Roblox or something. I bet you that did it. <laughs> Being honest, the last game I played on it was a 2012 game, I think. When did GTA come out? GTA 5. That was about 2012, isn't it? I don't know, like 60,000 years ago? It was quite, it's quite a while ago, so that's the most recent game that I played on it. And that, Yeah, I don't know. Oh, dear. I'm not bitter, I promise. You're not bitter at all, are you? <laughs> no. It was the Discovery Scanner, which uh, turned up on the 13th of... Uh, of June. Uh, just incidentally, is anybody finding that Monday the 13th is a lot worse than Friday the 13th? Just off the top of my head. I mean, I of course just... it is. It's a Monday. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, every Monday is inherently worse than any Friday. Very true. Um, there they uh, went over the latest stuff they've got for update 12. They've announced that at four o'clock this Thursday, there will be a Frameships Live, including Twitch drops. Everybody enjoy your Twitch drops. Um, there's an announcement about the uh, Eldritch Gate expedition and uh, uh, a fantastic uh, image of uh, Asp in front of things from uh, Commander Beetlejude. Uh, and of course, there's the high wake. 
the High Wake doing um, basically what Arthur does best. I think that's it's forever now going to be known as Arthur's eyebrows, isn't it? Got a bad case of Arthur's eyebrows. <laughs> that might just be in your head, Colin. <laughs> He's never going to come on this show again, is he? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, <laughs> just quickly get the show notes back up because they've just crashed. <laughs> Moving on from that, we've got... <laughs> We've got the 14th of June today. Well, there was a um, news article about FDEV, uh, a trading update with its annual uh, revenue growth on the London Stock Exchange today. Now, there's been a lot of um, figures which... I, Interest, it makes interesting reading, shall we say. Um, first point is second half and... Strong second half and record annual revenue. So apparently they've had 26% growth this year at FDEV. Um, record revenue of 114 million, which is uh, an increase of 26%. Um, the Jurassic World 2 Evolution base game exceeded, sales exceeded 1.3 million units. Now that was interesting because they said that that game didn't actually meet its expectations which was a bit of a shock. Although, apparently, because it's um, the Jurassic World film has now finally been released, that's begun to pick up. Um, Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gate, that's performing ahead of expectations, and for financial year 000, <laughs> sorry, uh, 2022, uh, it looks like they've made a, a cash profit in lines with expectations, which, um, yeah. Uh, and of course, they made the announcement about um, the F1 manager simulator, which is coming out in June. And, or is that? No, it's August. And the Jurassic World Evolution Dominion expansion, which is um, what's hit number one in the Steams at the moment. Well, so, it came out today, so um, I would expect it to. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's the general frontier news, but as far as Elite Dangerous is concerned, well, um, bit of a mixed bag, really. Um, they've said, as previously reported, following the launch of a major Odyssey expansion over a year ago, uh, Elite Dangerous revenue fell below their original expectations, and they are focusing on supporting and growing the player community and will build on the narrative aspects of Elite Dangerous using... Uh, during financial year zero uh, 2023. Um, and also that due to a lower than expected engagement with Elite Dangerous Odyssey and the decision to cancel the console development of this major expansion. Now, everyone put on your jargon, he jargon uh, bingo cards out here for this one. Um, the board has prudently decided to fully immortalize the Elite Dangerous Odyssey capitalized intangible asset as of the 31st of May 2022. Uh, the immortalize, not immortalize. You know, well, it's not being made immortal or even live forever. <laughs> we wish it would. It will. That's in her eternal glory and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I think they're using really long words to confuse me. Um, so, basically... From this, it looks like they're the. Uh, I had to look up these words on on Google to try and get an idea about this. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, it's basically a financial trick that they're using to kind of spread the cost of the development of Elite uh, Odyssey, and it it does give us an indication that it, Odyssey cost at least seven million pounds to develop, at least, which is is quite a. I would, uh, I don't think that's a lot actually for a game of this scale. I agree. You know, I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I wish I had seven million quid, but <laughs> I suspect, in terms of in terms of development and all that other stuff, I don't think seven. I think seven million is is lowballing it. Um, and I mean, I know you've done some research, but from what I understand, basically what that means is, you know, somewhere along the lines, Frontier took some kind of bank thing, me bobber against. <laughs> Perspective Elite Dangerous sales, um, and the Elite Dangerous Odyssey sales, I should say, and then sort of you know they went off and you know if we go off and sort of say we've got seven million of that now, then we can do that does some fancy tax jiggery pokery, but then we have to repay it over the next so so however many years as another kind of financial tax jiggery pokery, uh-huh. but then because things didn't go according to certain financial jiggery pokeries. They then decided, uh, you know what, we'll just actually cancel all that, and we've cancelled our the amortize bit or whatever the hell that means. So yeah, effectively, I, I think it, I don't quite understand this. It's, it's, it's weird financial stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think that it's it, it is financial stuff that you can use to basically offset against tax and things like that. So um, yeah, so. <laughs> That's where we are with Elite Dangerous. I did notice that um, there's an awful lot of uh, speculation on the forums that oh, there's you know the, there's people, still people hoping for things like ship interiors this year and things like that. And I think this kind of says um, no. All we're getting is basically story and nothing, nothing at the scale that people want. I'm afraid to say. I don't necessarily think that people, pe- like people, want um like interiors. I I feel like we're gonna get some huge, big bits of information that are gonna lead into some massive changes to the way that we play on foot, akin to what happened back along when people got into um, hyperdicted by their first Thargoid, akin to that. But they're not going to share. They, they can share. They shared in that um, statement, like massive narrative thing that they're working on to in, increase the um, elite dangerous player base. That's what what I read through that. Like um, working on like expanding that narrative. Yeah. Um, that all of that is like they're not going to say there's going to be like brand new game mechanics or anything like that. But there's going to be brand new game mechanics and stuff like that. I'm still hopeful for for huge. Huge gameplay changes, just not ship interiors. Yeah. I mean, when you actually compare the 7 million plus that it costs to put uh, Odyssey in, compared to other (coughs) space games, that's a drop in the ocean, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can't disagree. When you compare it to other games... It's a drop in the ocean. A lot of money gets thrown. A lot of money gets thrown at video games because it's a big business. I mean, it's not like a little tiny indie game title. Um, Frontier isn't a little indie company. No, it's they're not. They're definitely not anymore. So exactly. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, they have said that they begin financial year 23 in excellent shape. The, prof- the portfolio continues to thrive. Elite Dangerous, Jurassic World and Planet Zoo will, are all set to benefit from new DLC during financial year 23. Um, I'm assuming that that's all the stuff that we've got uh, going forward. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's the results from the Frontier. Um, to be honest, pretty much what I expected. Uh, they never actually... You, you kind of get a gist of where Elite Dangerous is in the priority of uh, of Frontier when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, I'm just glad that we're continuing to get uh, development on this. So, um, Ben? Yeah, I just... I mean, I just want to say... I think, you know, as Elite Dangerous fans, we have to be glad that Frontier is doing very well. True. You know, that's... Elite Dangerous has been and remains David Braben's baby. And so I suspect even if Elite Dangerous were... didn't make them a profit, just because David Braben loves it so much, she'd continue developing it. So, you know, yeah, as long as Frontier exists, I think it'll remain his 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 love child. Um, but also, yeah, as you were saying, we can't you can't read into financial statements game development news, basically. No, and I know you know I know obviously we have to and everybody has to look for tea leaves wherever we can find them, but also. Other than say taking taking that Frontier have money, you can't yeah. really say much else. Well, um, as long as Frontier uh, stays profitable, as long as the game makes the money, I, I think um, development will continue with Elite. Uh, it's just that sometimes it's, I guess everybody wishes they would they would uh, well after the, the content blackout or the, the communication blackout at the beginning of the year, I think that it shook a lot of people's uh, confidence, but I think they're beginning to get that back now with these live streams, thankfully. Well, we'll, so, see, how, we'll see what Thursdays is like. Well, um, so far, two... We've had two, we've had two for two. We'll, can we make it three for three? <laughs> Let's hope so. Um, right. Shall we go on to the in-game events? Um... Right, the 8th of June, the Alliance Serious Pact enters an approval stage. Now, this is, uh, I completely forgot that this was happening in the background because there's so much going on. Um, this is Sirius taking on the defense of, uh, on behalf of the Alliance, uh, which it seems to be a straightforward, about a 50 50 split of whether or not the Alliance is going to, uh, <laughs> um, employ Sirius as their main anti-Thargoid defense um, organization. Um, we'll have to wait and see. This could be a prime bit of... Uh, yeah, a prime bit of conflict coming. Yeah, like that. The Alliance, as sponsored by Evil.Corp. Yeah. Um, Professor Palin, on the 9th of June, uh, announced that a new Thargoid research project has started. Um, it's basically get probes, resin, and uh, Thargoidy things like that, take them to his base, and you will need to have the um, corrosive resistance cargo uh, pods 
cargo racks in order to do this, mostly because, uh, yes, it'll eat your ship otherwise. Uh, this has meant that I've only done about two or three trips, and the most we can carry at any one time is four tons. So he wants to keep me breaking the record. The top 10 commanders, according to Inara, mm-hmm. um, the top, well, the top commander has done, um, that comp- that's ridiculous, 4,480. Um, it's the top 10 are 1,911 to 4,480. It's past tier 5. It's doing well. But I, that's I, a lot. I, I, in my car, in my poor little Asp Explorer, um, I'd have to do 1,000 runs. There's not enough hours in the day. Oh, man. I mean, fair play to them. I mean, that's, that is a phenomenal amount. But one of these these days no. is... Um, oh, go on, babe. Are they not able to basically bite the bullets and get there mm. bloody quickly without having their cargo holds implode? Which that's well, what I was assuming they were doing. They might be, or they could be just loading up their fleet carrier, jumping the yeah. fleet carrier and jumping it off again. Because exactly. it doesn't seem to affect fleet carriers. Wouldn't it be funny if you could lose your fleet carrier to... Um... Oh, that would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious if the fleet carrier got taken over. I know. Oh, I would love that. I would love that so much. Yeah, pass, pass that on to evilideas at frontier.com. <laughs> or a.tolmy at frontier.co.uk. <laughs> Yes, um, that that would uh, it be like the what was it? There's the unknown artifacts, the UA bombing that you used to do on um, on stations. I'd love it if they'd actually put that in, but we all know that uh, there'd be a lot of angry fleet carrier commanders. <laughs> um, on other news, on the 9th of June, the Golconda received its vital supplies. It now has enough tritium probably to send it to the Andromeda galaxy and back 26 times. I think that's what Galnet News said it was going to be. So, um, yeah, they're not going to need any refueling anytime soon. In fact, actually, haven't they put, given it more tritium than there is actually space on the carrier itself? It's a TARDIS. Obviously, yeah. Actually, it's hard to say. It would have to be. It's ridiculous. Its fuel tanks are bigger on the inside. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Now, the psychic, you were really excited Me? about this one. And so was I when you told me. I couldn't believe it. On the 10th of June, um, we found out who shopped Salvation. Who was a psychic? D two, wasn't it? <laughs> we still don't know who that is, but yeah. we know that it was D two. D two remembers. <laughs> yeah, um, Project Seraph, which, excuse me, Project Seraph, which, if people remember, was when they tried to put human beings into Thargoid Scouts and tried to interface them. Um, yes, that was. Uh, the only test subject who has survived uh, has pointed the finger at um, whose salvation was as an act of revenge for all the pain that she went through. Uh, yeah, nice twist that, I thought. Alec? Yeah, yeah, I like it too. What I like about this is like D2 is sort of coming out of the woodwork as like the, the sort of 
the good guy actually because we all know deep in our hearts that salvation is the bad guy right oh yeah so, he, he got the alexandria exploded exactly so what i like about this is it kind of it kind of makes it easier to imagine how the story ends up with us flying thargoid ships like if if d2's on on the good side then maybe d2 will have a method of mobilizing you know um Pilots Federation members by somehow getting them to fly Thargoid ships. I don't know. That's my little glimmer of hope I see in this story. I really yeah. like that. I really like um, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, I mean, we've seen. Well, I we thought we saw uh, Thargoid Thargoid hybrid ships before, didn't we? With the the ship that was escaping the oh, uh, Palin's place. Palin's place. Yeah, uh, and we've never seen that again since but then again that was an interceptor it, the project Seraph was people being interfaced with scouts so it was the wrong ship type it's like it i tell you another thing that we've seen recently that we have we hadn't seen for years and years before dredges they're bringing everything out of the woodwork so don't be surprised yeah i mean uh, there's the dredger that, that left the kumo crew because basically it was, they were at war with them there's the dredger that's uh turned up and fixed the galconda those are two new dredgers aren't they i mean there's, there's still the the um the university dredger that's out there gone missing so yeah so that's three dredgers that we know of it's like it wild sorry i'm just getting really excited <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got yeah. excited because I saw uh, I saw um, Cyberdummy say in chat that the other detail that was definitely confirmed was that they were integrated into scout vessels, and I was rereading rereading the um, the uh, Gownet News article again because it makes my heart happy that this story is it's got it's it's got me it's got me gripped it really has yeah it's a slow I mean, burn but it's got me gripped. Uh, oh, go on, Ben. You got a question? Do you think this will actually give us playable Thargoid vessels in in game at some point in the nearish future? Well, if they do, then it it means that Elite Dangerous has been a retelling of what happened in Frontier First Encounters because from a certain point of view, yeah, I would, and yeah, it it could be. Uh, I, would, I would add to that with how long in the not too distant future because I think we'll get thogs on foot before we get before we get thog ships. Yeah, I mean we've but, got. Oh, go on, ben. Yeah, and just yeah, we we've got evidence of thargoid human hybrids. Yeah, and you know, not to use bubble on five as an example or anything like that, but. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say no to a Warlock class equivalent ship in Elite Dangerous. Or, you know, that, that same idea. Uh, don't you mean a kind of battle crab? Because basically the... Well, no, because you, you had the battle crabs. Yeah. Well, they and, did you know, they went off and people. basically they plugged the humans into the battle crab and it drove them a bit doolally, but, you know, it worked. You can get a queen for battle crabs. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but then... <laughs> but then you had the human hybrid warlock class destroyers that were up against Sheridan's forces at the end of season four, which were human ships that just made everybody's skin crawl. Are you suffering from battle crabs? We advise White Star Cream. 
gets rid of a battle crab after three shots. I think it took about five white cells, but yes, that, that, that did work. <laughs> Just a uh, sized amount. You remember the, sh- the... It was like, you know, some weird hybrid of the, the dest- um, Earth Alliance destroyers. Yeah. That then had spiky bits on them, basically. Yeah, they, they take in human ships and added shadow technology to it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's the kind of thing that, yeah, because that's that's oh, the kind. Of the, th- I thought it's the warlock class. Sorry, Shan's just uh, behind the scenes uh, saying it's the Omega class destroyer. No, um, what happened? Oh, good grief! Right, apologies to everybody. We're going a little bit off tangent here, especially if you're a Battlestar. Oh. Uh, sorry, a Babylon Five fan. We had the Omega class destroyers, which was as bits with the spinny bits. Yes. Yeah, they managed to put. They integrate that with shadow technology uh, towards the end of the Earth Alliance Civil War. Uh, that were the more advanced uh, Alliance cruisers. However, they did develop the Warlock cruiser later, which is the one you're thinking of, and that was full of uh, shadow technology, Vorlon technology, Mimbari technology. That was everybody, technology. right. That was yeah. everybody. And you didn't want to mess with those ships no. at all. No. So, yes, back to Elite Dangerous. I'm so sorry, um, uh, Psychic. I would recommend that um, after you finally get around to watching Battlestar Galactica, uh, Babylon Fire will be next on the list. I believe it's available on Amazon Prime. I don't have time to devote to series of shows. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. Are you watching The Boys too? No. I watched that vicariously through Little Big Ian. Because you just happen to catch a little bit of the boys out of the corner of your eye and you can't look away. You it's can't unsee amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> uh, I creased myself at the uh, season one, uh, season two, episode one of The Boys. It's so wrong, you, but my God, season, it laughed. Do you mean season three, episode one? Yeah. That was an actual real set that he was inside. Oh, Jesus. They had, to make the, <laughs> they had to make it folded because you cannot show. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Cool. Good to say we're on the same page. Excellent. Yes, that, that's, a, that's the one. That, watch watch the, the boys. Reason, it is yeah, fucking it fantastic. So, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So you're now saying that we need a Magna Pants advert and a Battle Crabs Cream advert. Yes, absolutely yes. we do. <laughs> right. Okay, I'll just add it to the list. Just combine um, them. <laughs> have you got a problem with Battle Crabs and your Magna Pants? Have White Star Cream, that'll sort you out. Oh dear, this is... Oh. I was going to say that's a runner, but then someone said, oh, you better watch out for a runner in your Magna Pants last time. And I just thought, oh, no. Uh, moving on, because uh, it is that time of the week again. Score alert!
Right. Well, welcome back. Um, now, this week, uh, we have uh, everybody's favourite ship, it seems, the Python. The Python Shearline 1 to 6, which is actually uh, quite a few different colours. Um, these are new, aren't they? Because I thought I'd seen the, the red ones before, but is that just me? Hard to tell. They look a little bit similar. The red one looks similar. Yeah. Oh, oh of course. Well, I well, think weird about these is it's like yeah, you know, it's one color on top, one color on bottom, which is kind of mm. weird. Um, so you got like you know you got a uh, white with a blue stripe and a gold a gold stripe inside the blue stripe with a red yeah. bottom. So it looks like the the white star liner, and you got a red underneath. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean... I quite like number six, which is like a, a black border around the outside with a a goldy, orangey sort of no, highlight stripe. That, that, that's, that's not That's goldy. what I'm doing for you. No, the underneath just looks, well, jobby colour. Yeah, jobby yeah. is jobby colour, you're right. Although oh, not as jobby colour as number three. Number three? Oh yeah. my god. I, I mean, I get them. I, I totally understand them. I, I think they're quite they're kind of different to other things that we we have as in with the with the like the two tone colours and the stuff. And um I haven't seen a um I haven't seen one of the new um the new Rother um vultures. Is it a vulture? Whatever it is that comes down with the flashy lights and stuff. But um, Oh yeah. Do, do they have a different colour underneath and a, another colour on top? Oh, actually, this is this is quite. Shan just pointed this out in the chat, by the way. Um, it's, this seems to be the first one where they've had kind of these these kind of dual designs with a color on the top, color on the bottom. I haven't seen that before. Can you recall them having that before? No. Oh, okay. No, please, please wait while we warm up the gerbils. No, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I, no, I don't. they mention it. Not yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, um, Alec, you're. I, yeah, I was just going to say, I was just a sort of question for the crew, I suppose, on paint jobs. The, the only problem I have with paint jobs, so like my, the Python is still my sort of, my home in game, I suppose, is my original Python. It's the ship I always go back to. Um, oh, right. And, and the trouble with, with new paint jobs is that a great many of my ships, I suppose I, I have a sort of, like, almost like a sort of history or a lore in mind. So, so my Python is yellow. It's always been yellow, and it would it would you know repainting it would be like painting the Millennium Falcon pink. You just you just wouldn't do it. It it is the color it is. So so I sort of struggle slightly with paint jobs in that I tend to have the paint job I want on all my ships, and much as I love some of the new paint jobs, the thought of changing the character of my much loved ships is um, I don't know. Does anyone else have that? Well, I know one thing for sure that I would never have one of the old ships in the colour of yellow, because basically <laughs> it all looks like a slices of cheese. <laughs> Quite nice, my yellow python. Yeah, that, You'll that have to take pipe, my word for it. python would look like basically a, a slice of gorgonzola already <laughs> to go. <laughs> Maybe that's what they need. They need cheese-themed. <laughs> That'd keep Commander Chick happy, wouldn't it? Cheese-themed skins. Oh, no, I shouldn't... No, oh... I no. don't know, Colin, ben, you just have to make a brief. Don't. Well, Don't go there, Ben. I, I know I know what you're thinking. 
I was actually on. just going to agree with Alec that yeah, you know, my yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there, Alec. That my you know, my ships are my ships, and a part of my ships is the paint job that I have for them. Yeah, uh, the only ships that I'll actively change, I guess, are things like my yeah. If I've got a little sidewinder that I'm using for just pottering around, then I might change it depending on what I'm doing with it, or I maybe get I'll maybe get changed. For a specific event, like, but apart from that, it's you know my ship is my ship skin is my ship skin. Yeah, it's part of the character of the ship. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I must admit, I know where you're coming from because the Asp Explorer I've got is, I for some reason I've got it in kind of red dwarf red, that kind of industrial dark red that you've got on red dwarf, and for some reason that just seems to fit my. Um, uh, my aspect explorer in my head. Uh, put that colour on any of the other ships just doesn't work. It's like it. Well, as you well know, I do have a penchant for a particular colour scheme. Um, I know this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of both pink and purple. I know. I'm glad everyone was sat down when I told you that because that could have been shocking to some. But as part of like make, getting a new ship and engineering a new ship and making that all all a thing part of that process and finishing that ship off is giving it, it, it its identity so like i finish i finish the um I f- the most recent ship that i i engineered to the full was my racing anaconda not got anaconda how, how very day my racing corvette i'm never gonna live that down i've had a gin um the racing corvette and um, as part of finishing that, I put the racing paint job on it, on the Corvette. And I'm never going to take that off. It's it, They're kind of like paint jobs for ships, I feel, are very one and done. With the bobbleheads and stuff like that are incredibly interchangeable for, uh, like, seasons and... Um, like different seasons special and um, special events also like novelty outfits i know it's gimmicky and i know it looks silly but it's something that people would want to buy do you know what i mean yeah. well like some people would want to buy it it doesn't suit everybody and i appreciate that but there's some people who want to dress up like a pumpkin and fart about in places because it's funny and it adds to um it's it's gimmicky and it's a bit of a laugh and it is cheesy as hell but not one with that and that's probably where they can make um that is where in my opinion frontier should focus a little bit harder to make those extra bits of money look for special events like pride for example (laughs) and um build things around it Oh man! Sorry, Ben just typed in a dad joke, and it is kind of floored me. I do, I do agree with you, by the way. Psyche, it's just I got distracted by uh, dad jokes. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, we'll move on from the uh, <laughs> the pythons. <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah, we're no, now showing Alec Turner's yellow. Python on the on the screen. I think it's called the call out charge, isn't it? It is indeed. It looks like a, a big yellow. Yeah. It... 
I really like a big that. yellow uni- tuning fork. Yeah, it's got a bit of a duck beak um, ship kit on it. That's yeah. the only, the Python's the only ship that I've got that's got a um, ship kit on it as well. Uh, let's see, uh, the, the Cobra, the Sidewinder, the, oh, good grief, uh, Imperial Clipper. Yeah, I've got ship kits for those at least. Uh, plenty, plenty of ship kits. The one that I haven't got yet. Oh, and the, and of course the uh, the uh, the crate Mark II and the crate Phantom have all got ship kits for me. So, I've, oh my goodness, I'm just realising how much I have spent on ship yeah, kits. Yeah, yeah, same here. I've got Raider on the Asp actually, which looks quite cool. You know, all the sort of metal spikes, and there's a big cage around the cockpit. I've got oh god, I've got a ship kit for the T10. I am that person that got the triple blooming Ilfin. <laughs> Spoil- have you got spoilers on your spoilers? <laughs> I've got spoilers on my spoilers. Oh my god. Oh dear. I look like one of those tripped out from um, modded cars from the Cars movie with the, that glow in the dark. No one can say that you don't support this game, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I, you know, I hate to think. I hate to think how much I'd put into playing this game. I'm sure there are people who have actually put out more, but, you know... <laughs> right, I think we'll we'll take a um, take a bit of a break uh, and come back with uh, our main discussion for the for the evening. Sweet dreams, little ones. You rest up in your hangar bay because in the morning you'll wake up to smell fresh laser fire because you're in a federal Corvette. And there's one thing that a core dynamic ship does well, and that kill ship. Big ships, small ships, wings of ships. We even have a go at booping asteroids. Enemy shields down. Enemy dead. There's no further targets, Commander. That's all you'll ever have to say in a federal corvette. Core dynamics. Let's not talk about skimmers. Lave Radio. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay Sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow, every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. I spend so much time in my Imperial Trader, I find it really hard to meet people. I mean, when do you get the time to go to bars when you're taking on courier jobs for the military? But with VenusDating.com, it was so simple. I just put in my personal details and they found me my perfect match. I really thought it would be difficult, but Venus Dating made it so simple, with so much in common. We both like movies, walking along the beach at sunset. Browsing imperial shipyards. And of course, since we started dating, we've discovered that we both really love... <laughs> shooting <laughs> shooting Thargoids. 
Let your voyage begin with venusdating.com for every first encounter. The Dex Legacy on Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Now, the main reason that we have uh, the legend that is Alec Turner on our um, on our show is because you've gone and done one of your mental activities, haven't you? <laughs> I, I, I object to that. <laughs> really? I thought you endorsed it. God, done one of my very sensible activities. <laughs> <laughs> Kindly explain to um, the listeners. Um, what madness you decided to do. Okay, well, it, it's not my first offence. I've, I've driven around another planet, so this is a, a complete circumnavigation of a, of a planet, quite a small planet, but <clears throat> nevertheless. Um, this is actually my fifth, so I've done, yeah, I've done four previous planetary circumnavigations. This is in the SRV, I should yep. add. We're not, we're not just cheating and flying. <laughs> well, we saw a lot, technically, yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly six wheels on the ground. Um, no. <clears throat> so, yeah, but my, my previous four have all been in Horizons, spread out over, you know, the sort of seven, six, seven, eight years I've been playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's reasonably well known that when Odyssey dropped, I was one of the people that wasn't entirely happy with Odyssey Planet Tech. Um, I, for various reasons. So doing a circumnavigation in Odyssey has been on my mind for a while because I, you know, I, w- I want to give it a fair shot. Um, very easy to sort of instantly react to the Odyssey planet tech and go, I don't like it and just not play it and play in Horizons. And But, I, you know, I wanted to give it a proper crack and sort of spend a week or two actually really write that down there amongst the Odyssey planet tech, um, getting a feel for it. Um, yeah, so I I think it took me about, I sort of slightly lost track because I had a couple of days off. Um, I picked a planet that was, um, I didn't pay enough attention to its rotational period, unfortunately. So I chose a, a nice um, smallish planet and it was low gravity and I sort of scouted it out and it was close to the bubble and it was nice and pretty. Um, but I forgot to check its rotational period, and it had a five, uh, it was five days, I think, which meant that occasionally, although I was driving into the sunrises, so I sort of got a more frequent day-night cycle than I would going the other way, um, I did have extended periods of night goddesses, night vision. I sort of It's garish, and it really highlights the, yeah. the aliasing problems, and it's just horrible. So, so driving at night was not fun. So I, I tended to... Um, once I hit night, I tended to just sort of potter around material collecting, which meant, you know, I had two or three days of basically waiting for the sun to come back up. Right, I see. So um, you you use this um, tool in order to, to locate the ideal... Um, I did, yeah. I mean, so I have a forum thread on this, but I, I, I did a, f- a few things that were um, really useful. So um, the first one was Spanch, which I think a lot of people know the Spanch website has the neutron plotter, which I think is what most you know draws most people to it. And I think I'm right in saying it has a fleet carrier plotter these days. Um, 
it's an un I, I haven't seen this tool before, so this is Beat brand new to me. Okay, but but one of the one of the other things that's on the Spanch website is um, uh, a really really good um, body search. So you can pick from all sorts of criteria: atmosphere, um, you know, distance to Sol, its mass, its gravity, whether it's landable, atmosphere type, radius. Um, I'm just reading down the list list now: uh, solar masses subtype surface temperature all sorts of criteria mm-hmm. so what you can do for example what i did is i picked um distance from sol and i basically said don't really want to travel more than sort of uh, what, what did i put in 500 light years or something i want the radius to be less than 400 kilometers i don't want to drive you know i don't want to fly 10,000 light seconds to get to it um, gravity under 0.05, and then it throws up a nice list. It's it's terrific. Um, and you have lots of sliders and things for all those. So what I did is nudge them all down until I ended up with, I think, 12 candidates in the results. And then another really good tool, um, which I've used a few times. I've actually used it for, I shouldn't really say this, it's a bit of a giveaway. I've used it for buckyball races occasionally. Right. Is um, Down to Earth Astronomy's Commander's Toolbox website has a multi waypoint planner. So, what you can do is you can bang in a whole bunch of system names and it will find you the shortest route. Um, so, yeah, so basically, having found 12 planets that seem quite nice, I bung those systems all into the Commander's Toolbox multi waypoint planner. And it gave me a nice route that let me fly to all 12 of them without, you know, going around in circles too much. Um, and I spent sort of a day on each one, I suppose, maybe a little bit less, you know, a couple of hours. Just seeing, trying to find one that I really liked because I knew, I'd, you know, if I'm going to spend a week or so on it, you want it to look nice and be interesting and have lots of variation. And Yeah. And eventually settled on the catchily named Col 359 Sector BEQ C6-0 Planet 7B. Excellent. Um, now, uh, the variation that was on this planet, yes. um, it went between Green Hill's side uh, to um, icy tundra, effectively. Yeah, it did. And there was a sort of, there's a kind of band in between. But it, it, yeah, it's quite, it was really, really quite stunning. I mean, the green hills and then the sort of white mountains in the background really reminded me of, I've skied a fair bit in Austria in my life and um, just just the sense of the sort of green hills and then, you know, falling away into kind of ice and icy mountains in the distance. Yeah. Um, it was really spectacular. Um, was there any life on this planet or any biologicals or was it just... There was actually, yeah. You, I oh. mean, in, in fact, all the planets that I went to, all 12 of them had... Uh, this is an interesting thing. See, all 12 of them had between four and six biosigns. Oh, that's good. It was great. So, so when I was scouting the 12 planets to decide which one to do the circumnavigation on, I, I kind of had a nice purpose, you know, um, gathering the six, you know, four to six live um, bioscans, and each one gave me a chance to fly around a bit, get a feel for it, you know, take in what, what it was going to look like. Um, <laughs> in fact, annoyingly, I, I'll just sort of a side story on this, but after, yeah, it was... After I'd finished my circumnavigation of, of um, the planet and I was still sort of pootling around, 
I, I stupidly <laughs> boosted my ship without shields into a, a mountain and, and blew up and went all the way back to Shinrata. Ooh. Oh, that, that means you would have lost all your... Yeah, and lost all the bioscans, so I then had to go back to the planet and scan the whole lot again. Oh, I, I feel your pain, because that happened to me once on my trip out to, to Colonia, which is still ongoing. And, yeah, I lost about millions worth of yeah, scan data, and it's, it's not good. But, yeah, so on the plus sides, it, it was spectacular. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, some of the things that were really striking, which I guess people don't necessarily planet to do a mission. I think a lot of people will either pick whatever mission they're given, in which case <laughs> it seems like nine times out of ten you fly down on the dark side. Yeah. Um, or you might fly to a base or fly down to scan plants, in which case, if people are like me, you tend to pick somewhere smack bang in the middle of the, you know, the where the star is directly overhead and it's really well lit. Yeah. Um, but in fact, the most spectacular are the sunrises and sunsets. I was lucky to, because of the direction I was traveling, because I was heading east, I caught a few of these. And they're, yeah. they're just spectacular. Um, the sunrise, it, be, be, you know, I'd be driving and it would be pitch black and I'd have night vision on. Mm -hmm. And then what you'd see over the course of maybe 20 minutes is occasionally think is it my imagination or did that sky sort of go a deep red for a second and then you you'd look again and you'd go over another hill and it'd be black yeah and it really slowly builds you get this deep red and then you get this moment which lasts about 10 minutes maybe yeah um, for a sunset and a sunrise yeah yeah just the most incredible coloration as you hit a sun sunrise or a sunset yeah, I must admit that is one of the things that I am thoroughly enjoying in my exploration trip is because because I'm landing just on the atmospheric planets. Um, I'm always aiming for the Terminator so that you can see yeah. just yeah. when it's 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 sunny uh, or watch and just watching a sunrise. Yeah, it's well uh, in some of these places. It's, it's phenomenally beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Um, so, yeah, so the lighting effects in Odyssey, absolutely fantastic. I have no issue with it at all. I have to say also the kind of just the general performance issues and, um, you know, things to do with tiling and the, mm -hmm. the, the, the general textures, that's kind of gone for me. It looks it looks fantastic. Um, yeah. General, I, I didn't particularly notice any tiling. Um, the surface is rough. I mean, I, as some people will remember, when Odyssey came out, there was there was quite a lot of negativity from the SRV racing community, myself included, about Odyssey. And um, I think you know the bad performance had a, uh, a hand in that. And I think the the, the SRV, SRV was tweaked. But now, although it is harder than it is in Horizons, you know, the, the surface is just rougher. There are just more rocks and. But I, I don't really have an issue with that. I think I think we had it lucky with Horizons. It was a bit gamey, if anything. And I think Odyssey, the surface feels... You know, if you imagine, when I'm when I'm in the SRV and I'm doing, say, 60, 70, 100 metres a second, mm -hmm. we're talking about me bouncing through the hills of Austria at 300 miles an hour. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty unrealistic. So the fact... Uh, that can, yeah, I think you end up with the Richard Hammond effect if you keep on doing that. Yeah, so so the fact I can do it at all, I, I kind of have no problem with it being a little bit rougher and a bit harder to get going, and occasionally you hit a rock that brings you to a crunching halt. It's, yeah. 
It's I mean, that that I'm still finding still happens is that all of a sudden you'll be driving along and then a rock will materialise about 10 metres in front of you and you've got no reaction time. Yeah, that that was interesting, actually. The very final day, which I think is what the video that's playing now, actually, was my final 100 kilometres. That was literally after um, Update 12 dropped. Mm -hmm. And so what I did notice was that that thing of, of rocks appearing at the last minute was yeah. much, much more noticeable for me after Update 12. I hadn't really oh. run into it up till now, and then I had a few times, like this particular run that, the, that we're seeing the video of now, I had a couple of false starts where, yeah. you know, literally a rock the size of a flipping cow would materialise <laughs> right in front of me just at the very last minute. Yeah, I normally found that that would happen uh, to me... Uh, on my previous graphics card, I had a, I had, uh, thanks, uh, I've upgraded to a, a 1650 Ti from a 1050 Ti, uh, and the fact that I have, I've now got, I'm able to run um, the planetary tech on ultra and uh, at long distance, I've found I've been hitting the invisible rocks a lot less. It's like that the graphics card was not able to generate them in time, mm. uh, but it can now. And I mean, obviously, what I'm doing here is we're traveling at, you know, 80, 90, 100 meters a second. It's not normal, so it's not entirely surprising that the terrain generation can't keep up. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, your ability at the fliving is... Um, well, let's just be honest, legendary here. <laughs> lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of practice. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I have tried fliving, <laughs> and it always ends up with a, a um, Richard Hammond moment, as I said before. <laughs> so I tend not to do it. If, if people go to the forum thread, I think I saw somebody post it in chat, and I guess it'll be in the show notes. I, I sort of wrote a bit of a summary, you know, after the journey was over and my thoughts and yeah and i did do a second post with some tips um you know if people want to give this a go there's no substitute for practice but there are some things that you can do to make it a bit easier yeah um i mean there is one thing that you did discover and that was what the the big mountain what did you call it neverest two that's actually a separate thing so after i oh, right. uh, yeah so after i'd finished my circumnavigation um let me get the guy's name. So you know there's this new catalogue which has taken over from the one that got shut down. So I think it's called um, uh, Ed Astro. It's like a sort of a, the Galactic Exploration Catalogue, GEC. All right, okay. Now, that is new to me, so that's another one to put on my list. I'm, I'm, oh, so God, I'm yeah, completely lose track now. <laughs> it's a new catalogue of Galactic POI, and I sort of spotted that. Who was the commander's name? It was Caprica 14, Caprica XIV on Twitter, mm -hmm. posted um, that he had uh, logged a, a, a mounting he dubbed Neverest 2. Yes, that was it, Neverest 2, yes. Yeah, so, so if anyone remembers or knows sort of Neverest and Horizons, it's like the galaxy's as yet biggest known mountain. Um, I think it's like 20 or 30 kilometers high. It was higher originally, and then it FD nerfed it because its its peak actually went outside the exclusion zone and meant you could drive into space. 
Ah, yeah, that that, that would that does sound like a, an outlier to me. Yeah, but. it was a bit. So anyway, so so yeah, this this um, Neverest Two is in Odyssey, and it's about a thousand, yeah, fifteen hundred light years from Seoul. So I, I thought after my circumnavigation, I, I wanted to just go and have a look. Um, it's it's all right. It's it's no Neverest. I think it's about nine kilometers high. The the thing that annoys me, and I think this is my biggest gripe about Odyssey Planet Tech from my circumnavigation as well, is I yeah. don't I don't really like the mountains. They're not in horizons when when a mountain's big. Yeah, it's not just like you've taken a big triangle and made it bigger. And it's still a big triangle. It it gets complex so in an in a horizons mountain you can get lost in it you know as you would going up neverest neverest isn't just a big uh, everest you know mount everest in, on you know in the real world it's yeah. not just a big tri- it's not just a big triangle you can get lost up there right um and I, I that was true of horizons mountains and you know even this one this neverest too it, it's just a big triangle really yeah it's just that um i mean am i experience has been slightly different because I have been stuck in mountain ranges where I have got lost. Okay. Um, and that's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like a mountain range from space, but when you get close, it's all of a sudden you find yourself thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in it here. Now, I'm assuming that we're going to assume that a mountain is really sort of a, at least a kilometre, uh, 500 metres to a kilometre high. <laughs> it's it, not everyone is is nine point six kilometers high, but um, yeah, that there are there have been mountain ranges where I'm I'm between a kilometer and two kilometers up from the surface and completely lost. Okay, well that's I mean th- th- somebody else picked me up on my sort of critique of Odyssey after my circumnavigation, and they have a very valid point actually, which is that by by using that um, spanch site to hone down to a very particular type of planet that I want, you know, small, low gravity. Yeah. I, I am, of course, limiting myself to one particular type of geology, probably, because that's the way Horizon uh, Odyssey is meant to work. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that is so... Normally, I've found that sort of... Normally, if you get higher gravity planets, the flatter they are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, it's, it's a different kind of... Um, yeah... But it was great. You know, my, yeah. my my lasting conclusion is it, it it was absolutely great, and a lot of my reservations about Odyssey have gone. I wish the mountains were better. Um, I felt like the, the only other thing that I it, it's really interesting. It's it's really subtle to try and describe. Mm-hmm. But when you do something like a circumnavigation in Horizons, yeah, there are long periods you know it might take me sort of two or three days where where there's just a flat expanse of nothing but then you see something on the horizon like a mountain and it takes you another two hours to get there yeah. and the mountain might take me another day to to climb and get over the top of so so there's a sense of sort of anticipation and you could you could look at a a, a planet in horizons and kind of name its features almost yeah you know, they're distinguishable you could again just on the limited planet that i went around here i i kind of felt like it it had all sorts of terrain but mm-hmm. it just repeated again and again and again and again and there wasn't a sense of a vast plain and then a mountain and then 
some ice and then it was like you know each day i'd do like two hours a day and it would be in the green hills into the ice into the green hills next day into the ice into the green hills into the ice next day into the green hills into the ice <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean but i've been also on other planets which are basically desert planets and you will still have those um massive long plains with mountain ranges in the distance yeah. um the main problem with the, the desert planet so is i think it's those ones which are the only ones which I'll, i think are left where you can actually still make out repeated terrain from orbit that's where because it stands out so much i think there are still planets that um certain planets they need to revisit again um to give it that little bit more variation maybe it, it's the mountains i suppose that i generally the, these sort of tall you know these really thin mountains that really do just like somebody's pulled a bit of cheese up out of the ground or something <laughs> Yeah, and I know what you mean. I mean, because sometimes you you end you end up with these these really tall, sharp uh, yeah. mountain sort of uh, you know dragon teeth like ones. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. funny thing is, you know, if you any shape you'd like, if you post on the forums, somebody will come up with a photo from planet Earth in real life and go, "Aha." I think you'll find that those yeah. sort of mountains do actually occur and it's like yeah they do but not everywhere <laughs> yeah that's um uh that, that that's something that i don't know it, it's i mean it, i mean i'm glad that it's, i'm glad that you've actually embraced it and and found well would you say you're pleasantly surprised by it yes yeah i would yeah it was it was fantastic i really enjoyed it Excellent. Um I mean I know that I know you've always had reservations about driving and and stuff in Odyssey. So um yeah and yeah it, I'm not saying that the Odyssey planetary tech is 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 perfect. It's not by a long shot. You're certainly right about the um the night vision because the night vision in Odyssey is absolutely awful. Uh but I I still feel that there are some people, people listening to this. <laughs> I, I still feel that um, uh, people didn't really keep well it's, it's hard to say um, because right at the very beginning it did deserve a lot of the criticism I don't think it still deserves the same amount of criticism now that's no. that's I, the way I, I feel about yeah. it if you watch the video that's that's playing again at the moment I mean you, you, you would be foolish to argue that it doesn't look absolutely spectacular I think uh, Ben Psychic, you got any questions for Alec? Not, no, nothing that I've not told him before. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying you you and Alec just talking, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Then. Um, I was thinking, yeah, we've, it might have been ED Observatory that we mentioned the other day, so I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find links to it at the moment. We So you got me in, in distraction mode, because I'm sure we talked about the thing. Something for dis for discovering other nice things. Yes, the ED Observatory will spot when there's like a shepherd moon or something like that. So it does. Um, yeah. It does very good at um, showing uh, <laughs> um, things that would make maybe decent stellar screenshots um, uh, competitors. But they all, it, um, it also does a lot more things now. I've re-downloaded it and it's 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 awesome. I just need some time to actually go and do an explore. But I was looking at the Spanish 
thing um and that as you were talking that is so intensive and you can literally pop in anything and it will give you exactly what you want so i'm very impressed by that yeah you must be that's one of the um we'll have to put that in our on our list i think because it is quite uh uh <laughs> it, it it's extensive I'll, I'll give it that it's well, um, well i mean we had spanch on the list in general but i just i i didn't even know that this existed this search functionality yeah, for finding a so body for that, that thing that's mm. wild i love it no, it's great me either. it's brilliant I, and yet again we're just impressed by the the tool the third party tools that the community creates just to help other players get the best out of this game it's oh, it's <laughs> yeah. You have to take your hats off to everyone. I mean, we'll be, we'll be touching on something else like that later. I think. Um, yeah. And obviously, yeah. none of this would be possible without the journal. So exactly, you know, yeah. Please, 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 Simon Million, maintain the journal. It is awesome. We love it, and without it, we couldn't have so much. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. it's. And we miss you, Howard, and we love you. Happy <laughs> retirement. Yeah, enjoy your retirement, Howard. We obviously wish you weren't, but yeah. Uh, yeah. The, one th the one thing that I really was quite impressed with was the atmospheric effects that you came across, Alec. I mean, have you managed to see any of the other atmosphere types? I haven't, although I definitely want to do what you were suggesting, actually, which is to sort of, you know, fly, make a habit of flying down to Terminators now and trying to catch sunrises and sunsets, because... Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you're sort of seeing the, the the video that that's been playing over and over. You're you're sort of seeing a classic pale blue, you know, sort of slightly icy blue sky most of the time, and and that's what you'll see ninety percent of the daylight hours. But yeah, well, you, just, you catch these little ten twenty minute moments where the sunrise. The, the the real fun, I think, the real fun that you've got in front of you, and I'm I'm jealous because you still got to discover it. Then is that this is just one atmosphere type? I think. That oh, I know what you mean. Yes, sorry. Yes, I have been to, you know, other atmosphere types with different colours. Yeah, but then again, when you actually go to the Terminator in a carbon dioxide world, and you see a green sunrise. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. unbelievable. So I would recommend that uh, to to anybody who, if you're exploring, if you want to see the best out of it. Um, so uh, I think. Uh, well, well, thanks for that, Alec. I mean, we we definitely salute you for your your full on <laughs> your commitment to to driving. I think well, is the it, best way to. If anyone's still um, waiting on me to do, you know, the next great planetary expedition, like a sort of organised mm -hmm. expedition around a planet. The bottom line is, and I suppose that was part of the reason for this um, circumnavigation, was I would still love to do it but I'm still not convinced we've found a planet that would be worth doing it on. Um, you know, the one I did here, I'd be hard pushed to name five interesting waypoints because it's just like this repetition of, of interesting terrain. But, but if we ever find a planet, I would, I would love to do it. Yeah. That's the problem is finding, finding the exact right planet to do this on. It's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Keep looking. If anyone finds anything spectacular, let me know. Yes, the great, the the great, the great Alec Turner Hunt. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be very, very careful with that. 
Um, right. I think we'll move on to the community corner. Now, obviously, we've had these um, tools which uh, we've been highlighting, which is um, ED Observatory and, and the, e, the GEC Galactic Point of Interest. Um, we've got another one, which is the OMG which is known as the Odyssey Map Guide. Now, it's created in uh, as a web browsing app, uh, and it will show essential information for every Odyssey settlement in the game. Things like building types, security door levels, and, of course, the location of the alarm console, and pro tips and tricks at uh, many sites. And it's uniquely written for each layer to help people complete their on-foot missions and it's been created by commander quiz engine uh, now i looked at this today and i oh, I, I got lost in it because i now know there's at least 10 settlements layouts i haven't even visited yet psych it it's oh god it's so good it's so useful it's so useful as matt was saying earlier that he um he was struggling um, he was just, he said in chat earlier, and that's why, why I posted it in chat, that he was struggling to find an entrance to get to the power building on the agricultural settlements. Mm -hmm. um, you can literally, it takes a hot second to load. It's not like a, a particularly um, um, easy site to load. If you've got a very poor internet connection, I wouldn't necessarily advise. It can be optimised a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... Um, you can find all of the entrances that you need. It will tell you where the alarm is, uh, where the alarms are, where you can get the power regulator from. It is, it is so good. It is, it is so so good. They are um, what they have done. The the work that um, Commander Quiz Engine has put into it has been absolutely fantastic, and um, I'm just so impressed with it. It's it's been so useful. It's increased my murder productivity by a heck ton. <laughs> a heck tongue yeah I mean I've seen um, some people say oh that's going to take all the fun out of it uh, I I don't think it'll take that much fun out of it because basically it's um, yeah I've, I how shall I put this I've, I've had um, I got stuck too many times and uh, I need help <laughs> It makes it so much. Easier. It makes it so much more fun because you have like a little, um, a little guide, which is like, um, it, you just like a little indicator of where the alarms might be. So you're you're not going, oh man, why are they sending? Like you're still sending people after me. Well, for example, or um, or if you want to do that, if you need to do covert heist to unlock Velasquez. She yes. says very tentatively, if you're needing to do covert heists and those kind of things where the alarms don't go off, having having a tool like this where you can actually, uh, providing that when you when you land, you can kind of figure out as you come into land which of the sites it is. Once you've done that, it's absolutely invaluable. It, it definitely needs to go in every commander's bookmarks. Yeah, I, I, I would actually agree with that because um, it, it's one of those... Um, tools i think that's up there with uh oh i'm sure there was actually something similar to this which actually had the layout of every single um 
uh, of the of, of the old Horizon settlement types. I think they've actually got it on um, Canon, and it, it, it is a godsend for when you have to do on foot missions or on SRV missions because without them, I wouldn't even be doing those missions. I wouldn't give them a try because it's. I don't know. The entry level for some of them is, is just feels so intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Some of it is really difficult. Um, there's an, there's another thing that's been updated. Or speaking of getting around settlements and getting getting the best out of settlements, there's another thing that's been updated as well, which is um, if you go into your, if you're using Odyssey Materials Helper, if you go into your settings of Odyssey Materials Helper, they now have an AR thing, and this AR thing. Well, when you go to a data pad and you're looking to see which which data is useful and which is useless, it will cover the things that color the things that are on your wish list in green, on um, engineer blueprint unlocks in blue, and then if it's useless, it covers it in red. So you're not like constantly looking down your list to see if you need it. You can just click click job done that's another time saver and i absolutely adore it so if you're using odyssey materials helper have a look for that little ar um thing that will tell you which items are useful or not because it's absolutely fantastic yeah i i would say that is another thing that i'm going to need to look into because again it's the uh the realization of how much i've got to do uh for um the engineering grain in Odyssey that I that's put me off doing it. So um, anything to help me sort of kickstart me in the right direction, then you know, I'll be I'll be fine with that. So it's, moving- it's definitely oh. worth it. Well, sorry, I was going to say it's it's um, it, it, I was really passed by it as well initially because it's it's a lot. Um, but once you get going, um, you certainly feel the um, feel the benefit of it. It makes killing so much easier, Colin. That's what I'm trying to say. Ah, uh, there we are. Um, our uh, resident murderess um, speaks. So, um, uh, on to the mostly clueless section. Now, I have a mostly clueless tip to, to hand out, a bit like I did last week. Um, and it's for those of you who might be having trouble in Odyssey scanning for bacterium. Uh, now, the trick in this one is uh, in either your ship or your SRV, if you flip through to the, the composition scanner and you fly about, and this is, this, this is especially helpful if you're looking for, let's say, a white bacterium on an ice planet, oh, that's, then as you fly about, um, keep the... Uh, Keep the scanner pointed at the ground, and if it ever lights up, then you you've obviously just passed some uh, bacterium, so you'll be able to back up and find it. Uh, and I must admit, without doing that, I wouldn't have been able to get half the bacterium that I had so far, because if you try and eyeball it, just driving around in the SRV, it is not possible. <laughs> In fact, actually, there's there's actually a um, thread on the forums at the moment where I think um, uh, people were discussing the fact that Bruce said that there wasn't the the, the, the hadn't got anything planned 
more to do with exploration and ask for suggestions. Uh, so if you want to join that that thread, we'll put that thread in the uh, in the show notes. Because, yeah, uh, it's good. There's some great suggestions in there, aren't there? Yeah, there are. And to tell you the truth, I mean, as much as I, I as much as I enjoy the exploration side because it's a bit like fishing in um, fishing in other MMOs, a nice relaxing kind of chilled out game experience. Um, I do wish that there was some. A little bit more to it because uh, after a while you do get bored with it you have to take a break and that's yeah. because you know it's like anything in elite you do something too much too often then yeah you it, it, you do burn out on it so i think we shall move on to any other business now before we start on this one i think we will have to put out a spoiler alert Okay. Uh, yeah, and just when you want to discuss something that's chill, we play that. <laughs> it gives you chill. Um, right. Well, obviously, there was a um, massive. Uh, new space game announced over the weekend. Uh, Bethesda and now uh, gave some proper details about Starfield uh, with an official gameplay trailer. Now, we have lots of people want to talk about this. Um, Psychic, do you want to go first? Um, I'm just really excited about space games. <laughs> it just in general, but um, I like... There were parts of Starfield that I was really, really... I, lo I looked at it and I was really excited about. Specifically, the modular ship building. I thought that looked really cool. Um, I... Um, I'm going to play a metric button of it, no matter how how buggy it is. It looks, it looks right on my alley. I can't wait. I'm quite excited to try, like a like a lawful good and like a chaotic um um playthrough as well because it feels like it will um it will benefit from multiple play playthroughs as well i would like to see more of the flight model please mm -hmm. and um see how that is i'd love to see hotas compatibility i'd be very surprised if we have anything like that and i'd like to see us as somebody actually manually landing on a planet as well that would be great um but that was that was that was my sort of like base starfield impressions Okay, fair enough. Um, now, at this moment, then we'll we will welcome back uh, Commander Shan, who's who's able to join us for a little bit. And uh, Shan, you've saw the Starfield um, demo or gameplay reveal. What were your thoughts? Um, yes, hello everyone. Um, all will be explained uh, later on if you're thinking where I've been. Um, but yes, I mean I. I was actually impressed with it, but one of the things I wanted to point out about it, and it's based on a lot of comments I've seen, is people are comparing it to Odyssey 
and Star Citizen and even No Man's Sky. And I think it's unfair to compare Starfield with those games simply because Starfield is a single-player game and the others are multiplayer. So, therefore, the depth and complexity and everything they can do in Starfield is infinitely more tricky to try and do that in a multiplayer game. So I just want people to bear in mind if you're saying, oh, Odyssey's rubbish or Star Citizen's been beaten and stuff like that. Not necessarily, because Starfield is a single player. Yeah, I mean, the, the main point that I think really I get annoyed with is that a lot of people are saying, oh, this is going to kill off insert game here. As far as I'm aware, I mean, I still play No Man's Sky. Ben plays Star Citizen uh, when he can. <clears throat> and, you know, but we're still playing Elite. Just because we've played the other games doesn't mean that we stop playing Elite. Um, ben? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've always sort of said I, I'll, I'll play lots of games and I always have, depends on what I want to do. But uh, what I'm thinking about Starfield, though, is it was, I'm more thinking about No Man's Sky rather than Elite or Star Citizen because they're, they're much more your space simulator kind of games, whereas this at least looks like No Man's Sky with its flight model and things like that. But what I'm most excited about, though, is, as Shannon was alluding to, the fact it's a single-player game, and I love uh, Bethesda's story, stories that they tell. Yeah. So, you know, I love the RPG aspects of Bethesda's stuff. Um, I probably will give it six months or something like that to bed in, shall we say? Yeah, but always do that with Bethesda games. Uh, yeah, I've always bought the year of the the game of the year edition because by then <laughs> it's got a lot of the the horrible kinks straightened out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the fact it's a single player game means you don't have to rush in, and you're not going to miss anything because you know everybody else has gone off and saved the princess or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love the size of it. I love the fact that we can build our own ships. I never really gave a monkeys, and I still don't give a monkeys about building my own colonies in Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've got a bad feeling that we're going to be basically pick a point on a map and you'll land there, but I hope we're wrong, because it would be nice if we can fly over the planet and things like that. Even if it is press F to land like No Man's Sky is. I'd rather be able to fly over the pl- surface of the planet rather than sort of take off into orbit and then say where I want to land a bit like... You know, I could see you sort of doing with, like, um, oh, Starship and things in, in real life, sort of. You know, you, your Starship's never going to take off, fly at sort of like 500 metres above the ground and then land again. It's going to go up into orbit, round and then down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to. Just give it a bit of time. Biggest thing I'm looking forward to, though, and I hope that we can do this. I really hope we can do this. Is a certain Mr. Lewis works for Bethesda, mm-hmm. and be you know, I don't want to. You know, if we can invite, I I have no issues <laughs> inviting Bethesda along to talk about Starfields to either our podcast or to LaveCon. And that sounds like a damn good excuse to catch up with Ed, and I can live with that. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of people say it's going to be No Man's Skyrim, or as Ben would yeah. prefer it, No Man's Rim. Um, oh, Colin! <laughs> what? Yeah. The other thing, I mean, the other thing, thing that I'm really, I really, really hope we get, and it's not been confirmed, is Fallout and Skyrim have been kept alive by their modern community. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, the fact it's a single player mm-hmm. game means it can have a modern community without buggering up anyone else's story unless they want it to be buggered up with. Very true. Um, Shan, you wanted to come back there? Uh, yeah, a couple of things to Ben. Um, ben, I, I think you should admit why you like the modern community for those games is because they produce nude mods. I'm right. You know, if I, if, it's nothing more an- annoying than, you know, you're going off and taking a shower and finding out you're wearing your, your bra and underwear. I mean, you know, nobody that. does that. But, but, but being serious for a minute, a lot's been made of the uh, 1,000 explorable planets. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people, as I said, been comparing, oh, there's only 1,000 or 1,000. Wow, how on earth can I do it? The key for the, um, the game is how dense the content is in each planet and how free form the landing is because if you go through if you go through skyrim world you know the settlements and stuff are actually pretty close together and the content is very very dense um so that remains to be seen is is that does it mimic that density of content and i think that will be a key thing yeah i mean it will be it'll be interesting to see because it's supposed to be um 100 properly crafted worlds, which ironically was what Star Citizen was saying that they were going to start with. Uh, and then a, what was it? A thousand, another 900 other worlds which will be procedurally generated. Or are they going to be handcrafted as well? But obviously not. I don't think we know that. I, looking in the footage, I assumed they were handcrafted. Yeah. Right. Well, um, oh, oh, can I just one other oh, yeah, thing with it that I, I I saw in the video, and I I think I'm right, but I might not be. Is was it me? But did or did that video look like it had the Mars Pathfinder uh, probe or rover on it? And I we think know that so. we yeah, know that Sol right. is in there. You know, we saw in the in their galaxy map Sol being mentioned. So if we can go to Mars and see Pathfinder, that's amazing in just in, in its own right. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's something to look forward to. Um, uh, it's always nice to see a new space game on there. And personally, I am really hoping that they're going to have auto support because, as long I, I mean, for me, as long as the flight model is good enough, then I will be playing it. Uh, but um, we'll... Again, we'll, we'll wait and see, and we'll, we'll look forward to see what happens. Um, okay, quickly, Sean? Um On the control methods, if it's out on console, and if it takes uh, the console version, if it's actually out on console, and I think HOTAS will be a step too far for it, I would expect it to mimic a console, command, console controllers and layout just in the same way as Skyrim did. Right. Well, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, yeah, you're probably right, but you can live in hope. Um, right. Uh, Psychit, you have uh, something about uh, Flight Assist Pride. Uh, 
Uh, I was going to talk about the other amazing looking games in the Steam Next first that's oh, coming up as well. Then? I mean, I can do both. Why not? Um, yeah. The Steam Next first has just started, or it's just been like over the last like. I believe it's just started or it's been like a, it's a couple of days old. It's seven weeks of demos. Last time I checked and I, I went and looked and I looked for space games. And I think there were about 50 different space games on there. Some of them look really interesting. It's worth having a look and giving it a go. Um, that'd be that'd be nice. Also, yeah, I'm doing some charity streams for Pride. Um, and some of the flight assists, so like anyone who like wants to partake in doing some charity streams for, for Pride can do. It's in conjunction with the flight assist Pride team that we're doing it for. Um, that's the thing. Thanks. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Come and join our Discord. <laughs> Excellent. And of course, you stream quite often. So. Like, like once or twice. It, it, is, it, is, it is my full time job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm trying to pick you up a bit here, you know. Um, this is what I do, Colin. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, well, we'll move on from there. Oh, Alec, you said you had a couple of uh, any other businesses businesses oh, yeah. as well. Two quick things that I just wanted to shout out. Um, one was I saw somebody asking in chat about uh, on-foot circumnavigations and w will anybody ever do it? It's actually been done twice. Um, <clears throat> just wanted to shout these guys out because it's a ludicrous achievement and I don't think they get enough attention for it. Um, back in March last year, Alex Fighter managed to walk around a 189-kilometer radius planet. So that was 1,200 kilometers, which took him 76 hours. And just last week, uh, Frank Dolas walked around a moon basically the same size as the one I've just driven around. So it was 2,300 kilometers and it took him 105 hours. So um, pe people call me a nutter, but I, th <laughs> I, think, um, I think that's a whole other level. Um, and the other thing I did just want to shout out, which Psykit will be very excited about, is I've literally, while you were all talking, just seen in the Buckyball Racing Club thread that the um, the new race is definitely confirmed to start... Uh, Friday. Starting Friday. Yeah. And it sounds like the forum thread is going to be up in the next couple of hours if it's not already up by now. So Excellent. Buckyball. Hashtag one point club. Um, one point club for all the cool kids in Colin. It's canon. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I may be cool, but I'm definitely not a kid. So you know, that's, <laughs> uh, that's the like, way. Did that you works. just say for the cool kids and Colin? Yep, that's what Katie said. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just putting. <laughs> I'm just using Katie's. You're words just airing Katie's opinions. As yeah. we know, that's what Katie's what Katie says is hashtag canon. <laughs> yeah, can I just what the heck have I done to Katie to deserve that? Eh? I don't I don't know. I think it's probably because she thinks you're a massive nerd, Colin. Well I, be I right. am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I, how long have we been doing this podcast? About one single game? Jesus. That's not nerd, I don't know what is. Um how long have we all been doing this podcast? Oh, let's move on. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, Alec. Colin, you could be doing a stream about it on a daily basis. Yes. Yes. Hello. Right. <laughs> uh, that was your two things, wasn't it? That was my two things. 
Yeah, right, that's fine. Right, uh, I think it's time for the shout-outs. Um, for those of you who have been uh, following the show from 8 o'clock onwards, you'll know that the Dex Legacy uh, is is playing before our main show starts. Episode 5 of the Dex Le- Legacy, Interlude 2, A Mind of Our Own, will premiere next week uh, on the 21st of the 6th at 8 o'clock. More information uh, can be found at the thedexlegacy.com for uh, for those people who have been enjoying it. Um, our sister station, Hudson Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. Tune in at twitch.tv Hudson Orbital Truckers or if you just want the audio then go to radio.forthemug.com uh, the Descending Commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at disco.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, right, giving shout-outs to the following podcasts. We've got uh, Allograb AM, uh, Canon Podcast, The Elite Cast for Spanish speakers. There's the Fatherhood Podcast, Flight Assist. Who forgot of Flight Assist this week? It's still Phoenix Blue. Oh, still Phoenix Blue. From all- oh, right, okay. Um, the Guard Frequency, I... Th- I think they've got a new one out today, but um, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, of course, the fantastic loose screws uh, and squeaking fuel are still about, and there's also the Data Sleep pro, uh, podcast, which Alan, uh, Station Commander Alan Stroud, puts about when he's actually got time to do it. Um, following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by the most excellent commander, Wotherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. Uh, and of course, we'll just thank everybody who's chipped in in the Twitch chat. Thank you very much. And um, Chris Mark Four, who have we had around here? We've had Miggles, Cyber Hunter, uh, Nopathrius. Oh, God. I am so sorry. Everyone take a drink, because I've got that one wrong again. I'm out of gin, Colin. I finished it. <laughs> we'll start another one, then. <laughs> uh, and we'll say special thanks to Commander Tokuso, JN Trax, and Alice Stroud, who have all created... Uh, music for the show uh, so that's it for another episode of Live Radio if you'd like to get in touch with the show you can email info at laveradio.com hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio tweet us at laveradio or you can join our discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. I should also point out that we've got our own Lave Radio Discord. We never mention the Discord server, do we? I'm putting that in the show notes for next week. Discord.io slash Lave Radio, I think it is. Yes. You know what? I'm having senior moments every t- uh, all the all the time. I'm really getting worried. Right, Live Radio is recorded live on Tuesday evening at eight thirty and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Alec for um, for driving around the planet. Thanks to Ben for managing to turn up without a motherboard. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, thanks to uh, Psychit for all the sick burns. And uh, thanks to uh, uh, Sean for just quickly popping in. And of course, a special thanks goes to today's commander, Ventura, who has been the tech specialist for today. So until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Digest, 14th of June, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Salvation maintains a communications blackout in the face of serious allegations. The Alliance prepares to start bribing councillors over the serious contract. Professor Palin is building up a huge pile of Thargoid sensors. There are two coy collisions this week. And we discover that two commanders have actually walked all the way around a moon without an SRV. you've been accused of murdering the 4,000 crew members of the megaship Alexandria, if you've been accused of conducting unethical experiments involving humans and aliens, if you've been accused of luring Thargoids to the Kornsar system, leading to an attack that cost the lives of tens of thousands of people living on attacked starports, if you've been accused, in fact, of being a supervillain, you'd probably want to give your side of the story. But salvation remains completely silent and has said absolutely nothing to rebut these extremely serious allegations. Is this a tacit admission of guilt? Meanwhile, the three superpowers have been rather awkwardly trying to justify their continuing reliance on salvation for their protection from the Thargoids. Admiral Rachel Ziegler pointed out that with no guarantee Sirius Navy will continue to provide protection to the Alliance, the Alliance Defence Force has little option but to stick with salvation despite the accusations against him. Senator Denton Petraeus is clear that the Empire has nothing in its arsenal that comes close to what a Salvation superweapon can achieve, and that defeating the Thargoids must be the priority, regardless of the means. 
while the majority of federal voices have refused to be drawn into the controversy, Fleet Admiral Teo Maikore, who has been reviewing Ramtar's evidence about Salvation's superweapon, says he now intends to extend his investigation to the recently discovered information that links Salvation to Inra and to azimuth biochemicals. For now, the superpowers seem content to continue supplying troops to Salvation and funding the development of his potentially unethical superweapon. As Admiral Ziegler said, there seems to be little consensus in the Alliance about the contract with the Sirius Corporation to supply anti-Xeno protection. Following the Riort Mining Coalition's failed attempt to leave the Alliance rather than have a Sirius Navy megaship parked up in the system, the Prime Minister has only managed to gain enough support for the arrangement by running a three-month trial. With that trial now over, Mann now needs to win a vote in the Alliance Assembly to make the arrangement permanent. The possibility of expanding the Alliance and the relative freedom from Salvation's dubious activities that the defence contract would bring must surely count in the Prime Minister's favour, despite the groundswell of unrest that is felt, particularly in the Alliance Old Worlds. With Councillor Nakato Kane arguing vociferously that all the Sirius Corporation managed to achieve during the trial was a rather half-hearted humanitarian relief convoy for the Thargoid attacked station in the Didio system, which is hardly a ringing endorsement of the Corporation's anti-Thorgoid capability, and with the Alliance Assembly seemingly finely balanced on whether to vote through the defence contract, it seems almost inevitable that both the pro- and anti-Sirius factions will resort to buying votes by one means or another. Commanders who wish to influence the Assembly's decision are advised to remain vigilant for appeals from the two Alliance interest groups. Professor Ishmael Palin's appeal for various squishy bits of Thargoid to allow him to research Thargoid technology is going well, with all but the final stretch goal already achieved. Commanders were asked to supply as many samples of Thargoid sensors and probes as they could find, along with any Thargoid resin that might happen to be lying around. All of these items are corrosive, and the use of corrosion-resistant cargo racks while transporting them is strongly advised. It is convenient that the Professor made larger-sized corrosion-resistant cargo racks available to those who helped with the first part of his appeal. And he has offered more goodies this time too, with a selection of heavy-duty hull reinforcement packages as rewards for the most helpful contributors. Quite why Palin thinks hull reinforcements are important remains to be seen. Perhaps it's an indication of the next task he has in store for us. Perhaps he's finally just getting round to requesting those tissue samples he was thinking about a couple of months back. Canon Research has found another pair of colliding gas giants. Back in the 21st century, the Kepler Space Telescope found a number of exoplanets by detecting a short dip in the radiation arriving from distant stars, caused by a planet transiting in front of the star. These are the Koi systems. Like rhubarb and custard in Koi 413, the two new colliding planets in Koi 232 are pink and yellow. However, these two planets, Koi 232 and 3, achieve a dead-on collision once every 29 and a half days. 
Commander LCU No Fool Like One, whose orbital analysis has identified a number of potential collision candidates, is planning to name these new planets after prunes, on the grounds that they're so regular. Those who arrived in the system on board one of the two visiting fleet carriers witnessed a spectacular yet entirely non-destructive collision. The Cannon Research Vessel Flower of Agatia will shortly be departing Koi-232 for Koi-413 to see rhubarb and custard collide at 1643 Galactic Standard Time on the 16th of June. The conclusion of Commander Alec Turner's circumnavigation in a Scarab SRV of planet Col 359, sector BE-Q-C6-07B, last week, seems a little less of an amazing feat this week. After we discovered that Commander Frank Dolas has become the second commander to walk round a planet since it became possible last year. The first commander to achieve an on-foot circumnavigation was Commander Alex Fighter, who walked, or rather bounded, round the 1,206 kilometer circumference of the tiny 0.02g moon Struilo OJ-EC26-453CA in not much more than three days in May last year. Commander Frank Dolas's journey, which concluded on the 2nd of June, was on the comparatively larger moon HIP 88155AB2B, which has a massive 0.04g gravity and a circumference of 2,331 kilometres. He recorded every bounce he took over the 105 hours of travelling over an elapsed 19 days. It's gripping viewing. We really do recommend watching it the whole way through whilst you're doing a less interesting task, such as watching paint dry. As a bit of audience participation, you might like to try saying boing every time the commander bounces. Or perhaps not. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Boing! 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 If you're enjoying The Dex Legacy on Wave Radio, please visit our website at www.thedexlegacy.com where you can find out all about our cast, buy merch, support the show, and access bonus materials. 